Hello and welcome to another Modern Commerce Talks from Eventsia. Thanks so much for making the time to join us today. Um, as ever, I'm your host, Jack Stratton from Insider Trends. And today I'm joined um, not by an Eventsian, but um, an Insider Trends colleague of mine, Kate Trotter. Um, hi. hi, Kate. Kate is head of trends at Insider Trends and Insider Trends is founder, um, someone I work with all the time. So this is... Um, this is really interesting for me. And today, for once, I'm not really going to be just talking about e-commerce. <laughs> I might even be a bit more knowledgeable today. Um, so, Kate, the first chat we're going to have, um, I guess broadly, it's just about some of the big kind of um, in-store trends we've been seeing or omni-channel trends um, through COVID. So I guess as a kind of introductory question to this, what I wanted to ask you is, you know, after... 15 months of retail suffering and probably a general sense from people that you know that maybe there wouldn't be that much innovation um actually i think there has been a lot of really interesting stuff happening so give us an idea of what the kind of big innovations and breakthroughs that there have been Mm. um well i think the good news is there's been more innovation than you might think initially Uh, as you say it felt for a long time that everyone was focusing on just not losing money left, right and centre. But in and amongst this, we've actually seen a number of brands, well, innovate, but also take a few risks to do things um, that we might expect them to see back in the old days. Um, so, yeah, I was I was thinking about this and, you know, this this fact that where well, every trend presentation, every presentation about COVID and retail opens with this fact that we've seen something like five or nine years of e-commerce growth within a handful of months, right? That's, we all, sorry, I should be able to quote this specifically. (laughs) Um, So, but we're all familiar with that concept. But what I think is interesting is it's not just, uh, we can't, we don't just need to look at that in terms of the growth in sales figures. We've actually seen a similar level of development in terms of brands embracing digital. So some of the things that we've seen, um, there's a raft of super fast grocery delivery companies expanding all across Europe now. So before the pandemic, Amazon's two-hour grocery delivery was pretty much the gold standard for, yeah, fast grocery delivery. But now, certainly in London, um, but in Germany, in parts of Sweden now, there are a raft of new startup businesses that mean you can click a few things that you want to buy on your app and have it in your hands 15 minutes later. (laughs) And that service, the cost of the items from those services don't cost much more than you'd spend in your local convenience store. So, yeah, it will be very interesting to see what happens with this because, like, over the past five years or so, like we've seen brands like Foodora and Deliveroo battle to become the winner in takeaway delivery, I think we're now about to see that in terms of grocery. So, yeah, so, sorry, that's just just one example, but there are things like, um, before the pandemic, we were talking about live video shopping or connecting customers on your website with the real people in your store. Um, 
Before the pandemic, people seemed to think that was an interesting idea, something to consider in their innovation plans. During the pandemic, we've seen so many brands do this, which is fantastic. So I think what's been exciting for us is to see that there are things that we were predicting before the pandemic that are now relatively mainstream. So yeah. it's well harder work for you and me because we have to think of more <laughs> things to tell people about. But um, yeah, like I've been shopping personally and I've just gone, oh, this this company is using one of the innovations that we were talking about however long ago. So um, yeah, virtual queuing is another one, you know, that was an idea on the periphery that now so many businesses are having to implement. So sorry, I, I can share more examples. No, uh, well, something I was just going to ask on that, I think I'm, I'm personally really interested and I haven't got your take on this before. Those things, um, take some of those things, for example, virtual queuing, um, video appointments that in reality, they were around before the pandemic, but they've kind of gone mainstream during the pandemic. Do you think a lot of that will stick? Because the, you know, the kind of virtual appointments that, you know, bring to life, I guess, in-store staff who suddenly are, you know, um, who aren't able to operate normally, but it gives them a way of, um, you know, still being able to do their jobs in a really brilliant way. Do you actually think a lot of that will carry on? Because I remember before the pandemic, we'd always talk about the fact that for half the day, a lot of staff in these stores would be so quiet anyway, that this stuff was perfect. Like, so do you think a lot of it will stick and actually more and more people will be doing this? Absolutely. So yeah, there's um, an Aventia client called Shell and Company, who I think partly because of the pandemic, but maybe not anyway, certainly during the pandemic, they rolled out their live video shopping and they found that in one 45-minute mass uh, video stream, they could sell as much through that as one of their stores would in a two-week period. So <laughs> with not. performance like that, there's no way you're going to go back to the old way of doing things, really. Yeah. And yeah, and I think um, yeah, with the with the one to one video shopping, um, that can be switched on and off. So when store staff are busy, they don't have to be overwhelmed by website visitors who might benefit from additional help. But when they have a quieter period, they can open that up. And again, I, I was talking to one of these companies, one of these providers of this service before the pandemic, and they were saying that actually some of their clients have found it so beneficial that they were sending staff into stores before the official store opening time so those staff could mm. actually serve online customers in different parts of the world so they were already seeing the benefits but i think what we're going to see now is people are trialing this for themselves they'll see the benefits firsthand and most of this is going to stick yeah, it's amazing. And it gives it makes me think really positively about all those challenges we always talked around um, omni channel um, KPIs, where the sale is attributed, like whether it's attributed to the store or online or whatever. But a lot of, I always think the victims of some of the challenges with that stuff is the staff, 
because often in traditional stores, they're still measured by how many sales they make a day in the store, right? But video shopping just changes everything for them potentially, like in quite a straightforward way. All of a sudden they can be serving customers anywhere. That customer is then buying something online, but it's directly maybe from that appointment. And I imagine it's quite easy to track that or whatever, but it, well, it possibly... Challenge, actually. Yeah, that is another challenge. That's the problem, isn't it? But I feel like anything to empower staff because this is a really scary time to be going back into working in stores i don't mean because of covid i mean because of job security and stuff like that you know yeah um, yeah but yeah i think to do with the measuring things actually um we've been working with events here to develop a system that can actually reward staff properly regardless of whether they're selling something that's in the mm -hmm. store or online to actually see all the stock and all their sales as equal so that's something we were trying to find a solution to that and we couldn't so we're developing that ourselves that's, so. um, yeah that's awesome that's really cool and just i guess in terms of i mean you briefly touched on it but there's obviously been some big stuff i've seen around live streaming some all kinds of stores doing live streaming in interesting ways what have been your kind of favorite examples of those oh um so i think just any store that dedicates permanent space to this. I think vans have, I think, a radio station maybe in the front of, I think, about four stores now. Um, there's Beauty Counter in LA that has a permanent live streaming space in the back of the store. And I just love it. I just think it like ticks a lot of boxes because it, adds a sense of retail theatre. So when you go into the space, there's something more interesting to look at, or it's like a, an ongoing event that you can actually experience in person if you, if you want to. But then also it makes it apparent to in-store customers that there's an awful lot more content to experience online. And you're getting the most out of your knowledgeable staff as well. So, yeah, um, there's, I've seen a few examples of this, but they've been, or so, there are some other examples of this, but they're a bit more behind the scenes. Mm. Like Microsoft have had one in their New York store for a number of years, but that's actually in a part of the store that isn't accessible to the public. Mm. But we're going to see a lot more of this, a lot more, um, yeah, brands looking at which parts of their store maybe aren't, aren't selling as much as they could and maybe switching those over to a live streaming space. Yeah, a client of ours, Kate, that um, I can't mention, um, are, they are talking about when they one of their next stores, they open the whole, the basement, which is, I don't know, like a third of the store space, is pure live streaming. That's all they're going to do around there. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we'll see a lot more of that. Um, yeah, and anything else that we kind of haven't, any other big things that have stuck out in terms of store stuff that's happened that surprised you? Any other examples that you particularly loved? Um, I don't know, maybe in other sectors, grocery, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I think the big thing that I've taken from this is that when you look out to some of the innovation and development that brands are undertaking, you almost wouldn't know there had been a pandemic, which is mm. great. Um, so I think I think that's an important message, perhaps for retailers, that it's still really important to push forward um, and keep up with with competitors. But um, 
Yeah, I think some of some of the spaces I've been quite excited to hear about recently. Sadly, it will, will be a while till I can go there. But um, L'Oreal have opened up a new space in Shanghai that has a connection with WeChat. Mm. So when you arrive in the store, you can actually unlock different experiences and understand the products better and the brand story better through your WeChat account. So there's a digital connection there in the store. And then because you experience the store through WeChat, mm. the brand can keep in touch with you after they've left. So again, this is um, something that we've been, we, we've, I feel like we've joined the dots over the past few years and expressed this concept to clients, but it's now, there are more brands acting on this now, which is, so that's great to see. Um, another example is Burberry in Shenzhen in China, who they have an experience where if you do different, if you take different actions through WeChat in the space, you earn different points and rewards. Mm. So again, we've been talking about loyalty moving from spend to, or rather brands rewarding customers based on their actions rather than their spend. So it's great to see that. Um, yeah, I think uh, another one is Dick's Sporting Goods, who have opened up a massive experiential store um, in, in New York State. They have a giant climbing wall actually in the store. <laughs> they have things like a putting green, I think, and other sports that you can actually experience in the space. So these are all good examples of people. I guess these are all things that people had committed to before the pandemic, but they yeah. on hold. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice to see because that was the big thing, wasn't it? Does experiential come back in the way that we were talking pre-pandemic? But um, look, I think we both think it does. It's muscle memory. I had a, I had a nice expression the other day. The stuff that was happening pre-pandemic, it was was kind of the result of so many years of of you know, gradual, slow change in the way people shop, um, that it was built into like kind of our muscles, the way we behave. It's quite difficult to just completely demolish that in, in a year and a half, actually. <laughs> you know, we still love to, the, I still love the idea of going in a massive sports store and, and climbing something or, you know, putting or whatever. <laughs> like that's just fun, you know, like when it's safe to do so, I'm going to want to do that. Yeah. Well, I think someone was asking me, are we going to go back exactly to the way we did things before or not and I think um, a good analogy is maybe thinking about how we all feel about video calls now like we've all seen what they're good for and we've all seen why they're really annoying mm. and so I think we are going to carry on having more video calls when we're all vaccinated and things go back to normal but um, yeah, at the same time, there are going to be specific reasons why we want to avoid them. We almost know yeah, what they're good for and what they're not in a way. So it's going to be, and I think in a similar way, we're going to shop in person for more specific reasons. Mm. And But we've also all experienced the convenience of buying online and having these new digital online interactions as well. So it will be, I think, a hybrid model. But yeah, just a bit more. Ch customers will know why they're choosing one channel over another, 
perhaps. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Kate. Well, we are obviously, um, we're starting to actually book customers in for safaris in the autumn. So I'm relieved on a personal level that things are happening. Um, Otherwise, I'd have nowhere to take our clients. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Always good. Um, But yeah, there's loads. I mean, London is our home city. There's loads going on in London. So it's very easy for us to take people out and show them what's going on um, in London. But we also do safaris in New York as well. There's loads of new stuff opening up there and further afield as well. So we keep track of new openings, new innovations all over the world. So if there's a city that our clients have in mind that they want us to show them, we can definitely do that. Fab. Thanks so much, Kate. Um, And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be back with another one soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.